Hello, and welcome to the Constructor Cast, your AGC place for all the news, views, and interviews relevant to your construction business. I'm your host, Leah Pilconis. On this episode of Constructor Cast, we hope we can help you develop a company roadmap to address mental health, suicide prevention, and substance misuse. Our guests come ready to share how they are raising mental health awareness, best practices for employers, effective strategies to reduce the stigma associated with mental health, and what pain points or successes they have encountered along the way. We will also share how you can engage with AGC of America. Our guests today that I'm very pleased to introduce are Mandy Keim, Director of Safety with AGC of Washington, and Brandon Anderson, Vice President of Safety at AGC Missouri Chapter. They are also both co-chairs of National AGC's Mental Health and Suicide Prevention Task Force, which they're going to talk about a little bit later on in the episode. So I'd like to invite them both just to say hello and a little bit about their backgrounds. Mandy, let's start with you. Hi, Leah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to get more attention on this subject and proud of AGC of America for their leadership in this capacity. A little bit about me. I've been working for AGC of Washington for 20 years now and uh, have spent almost 10 years working in the mental health and suicide prevention advocacy space. In 2021, I achieved my master's degree and wrote my master's thesis on mental health and suicide prevention interventions for construction employers. Thanks so much for being here with us today, Mandy. Brandon, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm equally as excited to be here and to be a part of this and involved in in what AGC of America as a whole is doing, bringing awareness and elevating these conversations. I've been in the construction industry about 28 years, and it's been extremely rewarding as holding multiple positions from safety to being a laborer. Predominantly, I've been in a safety professional role for most of my career, and this is an extremely important topic. Great. All right, let's let's jump right in because you both have so much to share. I want to have you start off with the why. Why are you both working to raise awareness? We're losing more construction workers to suicide and substance abuse than from workplace injuries, and that's an unacceptable set of circumstances for us to deal with in our industry. We already have challenges with workforce shortages. We have challenges with keeping people in the construction industry. And the best way that we can help solve that problem as well as save lives is really pay better attention to how we're talking to and about our construction workforce, how we're supporting them so that they come into our industry, they they feel supported, they feel safe, and they want to stay. Uh, And frankly, you know, we have a a challenge in our industry with healthy coping and resilience strategies for our workforce. So if we can help bridge that gap, we can also help solve some of the substance misuse and addiction challenges that we face in our industry as well. Brandon, what are your thoughts? Can you share your why with us? Yeah, outside of the, the obvious situation that's facing the construction industry that Mandy mentioned, having been in the construction industry for 28 plus years. This is extremely personal for me. I've lost a number of friends and family to mental health and suicide and substance misuse, addiction issues from that aspect as a survivor. I'm also a survivor that I myself have attempted suicide in the past and have struggled with mental health and substance misuse uh, throughout my adult life, but in my career as well, and turned to that as, as a coping mechanism in some cases. That's my why. 
to bring such awareness to it, having the lived experience that I do uh, and seeing firsthand personally the detriment it brings to the industry, an individual and a family, and then seeing it amongst my coworkers and just wanting to do something about it. Thanks for sharing your personal story. It's important, I think, to share even broader statistics so people can really grasp the severity of the issue. Brandon, can you share some of the data points that you've come across as you've really devoted so much time and personal energy to this issue? Sure. It's shocking, to say the least. We're losing roughly 1,000 construction workers a year to construction-related fatalities. So when I say that, you think about your OSHA Fatal 4, your struck buys, your caught-betweens, your falls, electrocutions. If we pull those numbers aside and look at what we're dealing with from a suicide rate standpoint, we're losing roughly 5,800, give or take, a year to suicide alone in our industry. And truly, I believe that number's underreported for a number of reasons, mostly to do with stigma, but that's the, that's the data we have. And that, that comes down to 53, give or take, uh, per 100,000 workers we're losing to suicide in our industry when the construction fatality rate's only 10 per 100,000. And taking that a step further, holistically looking at society in 2020, so not long ago, and these numbers are, are going somewhat unchanged, uh, we expect to see a spike in the future data that's released due to the pandemic. But what we're looking at right now is we're losing about 46,000 people a year, roughly, to suicide in the United States. It's 12.2 million adults thought about suicide, 3.2 million adults actually made a plan, and 1.2 million adults attempted. And that's where we get the stats that everyone is rather familiar with of we're losing one person every 11 minutes. Now, how do those numbers societal, from a societal standpoint, how does that break down for construction? So for construction, our industry, we're losing, again, well over 5,000 a year. Breaking those same numbers down, that equates to 1.38 million construction workers thought about suicide, seriously thought about it. 350,000 construction workers made a plan to die by suicide and 135,000 workers have attempted. These individuals are working on our job sites right now. As we're listening to this podcast, they're out there in the field, running equipment, building bridges, building our infrastructure in our communities, struggling today. How are you both working to try and combat these issues? Let's talk about some of the resources and tools you're providing that could help someone to begin their healing journey. Mandy, do you want to start? Sure. I'd say that one of the most important things is make yourself committed to some of the resources that already exist. There's a wealth of resource that already exists. So rather than reinventing the wheel and going and creating your own policy or your own toolbox talks, if you're brave enough and willing to engage, go pick one of the resources that already exist and deploy that within your organization. Measure that suite of resources against your existing company culture. So pick something that you know will resonate with your audience. Every company culture is different. Every team functions differently. So choose something that you feel will resonate within your existing culture rather than trying to just pick something that you might feel is the most impactful. Pick something that you know you can uh, weave into the fabric of your existing workplace culture. So you can access a host of resources that are all free and open source 
through the AGC of America website, agc.org slash safety. And if you look on the toggle down menu, it's the first item that comes up from the AGC of America website. So please make yourself familiar with all these resources and go deploy at least one of them. Brandon is one of the chairs of the task force that is focused on this issue and shared so openly some of these resources. Is there anything that you want to call attention to? There's so much out there, and not just what AGC of America has been able to develop and bring attention to, but there was there's plenty of resources that were already existing and are just underutilized. Some of that has to do with the stigma around this. You know, we're always going to combat stigma. That's just something we have to accept until we live in this utopia of everything's perfect. However, that's it's not realistic. And, and the state of the industry right now is the stigma is going to be there. We got to have the conversation to help break that down and normalize this conversation, combating the tough macho mentality for both men and women. It's not it's not just men in the industry. It's everyone struggles with that and the thought process of, you know, you don't bring your feelings to work. So that's always going to be an issue. So the toolbox talks are critically important and they're free. They're available on our website to utilize to anyone in the industry. But we have a number of other resources we're working on or we're partnered with such as our quarterly forums. We're meeting as a task force and sharing out information. It's a safe place for folks to share ideas, talk about what's working and what's not, what are our gaps, but then also to highlight a hot topic item or a resource that is really shown to be effective. So while we're on the subject of resources, I wanted to hop in really quick and just mention our new PSA video series on the AGC of America website. And these videos are really important, not only as a tool to share with your workforce and show them other people in the industry that have survived hard things and been through the thick of it and come out the other side. But also, you know, we really want to recognize those folks that were boldly vulnerable enough to share their stories to our audience and to connect with all of us in that way of bold vulnerability. That is going to be a tremendous tool for squashing stigma and helping us all normalize these very important conversations. Mandy, who is part of the task force that we've been talking about? We mentioned it a few times. Yeah, we're so incredibly excited to work with this team of just really go-getter human beings. We've got a lot of great folks on the task force, anywhere from member companies, safety professionals, to chapter safety representatives like Brandon and myself, to clinical providers and other folks in the industry. So we have a really great smattering of people that have stepped forward. And frankly, ever since the PSA video series has come out, we've had an overwhelming number of people reach out to us wanting to engage with the task force. So we're also, as a portion of the task forces, we're also looking into ways that we can expand into new roles with the task force, so some ambassador roles, so that those people that are enthused and engaged can find a way to work with the task force without us having a task force of 8,000 people <laughs> trying to solve the problem so we can stay on task. And really, the prime function of this task force that was founded in 2022 is to really create a free open source clearinghouse of every bit of mental health and suicide prevention resource that exists currently. And then also start doing some gap analysis and figure out where do we need to fill some gaps? What's missing from this conversation? What's missing as far as resources? And because we have this wonderful task force, we have the ability to then start developing 
those tools and resources that maybe don't exist yet. We also have intentions of working harder on advocacy in this space and just, again, squashing stigma and making it easier for employers overall to engage in this subject matter. How often does the group meet and what you reference that there's been increased interest and more people are reaching out to you to be part of the task force? So what are the meetings like? So the meetings are open sharing with the task force. So we have these teams that are working on very specific projects within the series of goals for the task force. So we cover what the quick action teams are doing. We talk about what upcoming events and upcoming uh, resources and tools there are. Um, essentially, our task force meets monthly, but our task force also hosts national forums that meet quarterly. And those forums are actually open sharing where we bring in either topical speakers or we have a topic of the day and really dig deeper into some of the subject matter and allow AGC members to ask questions and pose you know, concerns about what's going on in the world of mental health, suicide prevention, and and recovery. It's really about bringing people together, making sure that people that are interested have access to the resources that exist, and also just collecting all those great ideas from our membership to help us tackle this issue in a manner that provides these resources to everyone in industry. While it's so important and we're so proud that AGC is taking the lead, one of the things that we're very committed to is that this remains free and open source. And that also means that we're not monetizing it in any way. And we're not holding back the information and resources from people in our industry that want to do better with this regard. Mandy, can you please repeat the website where people can go to find the resources? And I'm also curious whether on that site, there is a place for people to reach out to get involved. Yeah, so please visit agc.org slash safety. When you end up on that landing page on the left-hand side, it'll have some drop-downs for you. And our mental health task force is one of the top ones there to be able to access this information. All the resources that we are pulling together are getting posted there. There's also links to other chapter and other industry partner pages on the subject matter. There's also a place for you to express interest on either serving in the task force or just signing up so that you get the invitations to our forums and you get any sort of bulletin or news that we like to share on this subject matter. And we'll put that link in the show notes as well, agc.org slash safety. Mandy, can you share your thoughts also on what's the first step to take to cover this in your safety program? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that one of the important things to note is that there is no specific roadmap. There is no linear do step one, do step two, do step three. I think it's so important for companies that want to engage in this to pay attention to what their existing culture is and pick something that resonates or feels right for your audience. Again, the agc.org slash safety website has a number of different tools and resources. I would call your attention to the fact that we have an eight-step best practices guide that's posted there. So please feel free to look at that best practices guide. Inside that guide, there's tons of free items that you can access. There's also a sample program element that you can utilize, basically just take our logo off of it, put your own company logo on it, stating, you know, we at XYZ company care so much about you as an individual and the value that you bring to our team. 
that we are committed to talking about mental health and here's all the resources that are available to you. So deploy something like that within your organization. Also, again, the toolbox talks that Brandon mentioned, as well as those PSAs. Those PSAs are incredibly powerful tools. They're brief enough to be used as a toolbox talk or through company training. And again, that agc.org website has a wealth of other tools and resources. So take a temperature reading of what your existing company culture is and choose something that you think will fit the company culture as it exists and just go for it. Brandon, can you share some success stories that have come from using these resources? Yeah, I'd love to. And amazingly, there's more success stories than not. And even just with companies that have taken that first step, as Mandy just gave resources for and guidance on, companies that have just started the conversations have had folks come forward and share their personal stories or that they had a passion for this. And the feedback we've received numerous times has been, we had no idea we really had a problem. We knew the industry was struggling. Our organization, it's not going to happen to us kind of mentality. And they're just completely surprised by that. We have a number of hard hat stickers and marketing materials, job site banners and posters that have been developed that are shared on the website that individuals can download and co-brand and utilize to help start those conversations. And folks have come forward after being provided hard hat or seeing a hard hat or our hope coins. We developed a hope coin. It's a discreet, simplistic way to share a message of hope as well as the 988 number, whether it's just laid on a job site lunch table in an office or job site trailer somewhere, or it is handed to someone specifically that appears to be struggling or knows in fact that they are. And individuals are encouraged to pass these coins off to them. And we've had numerous stories of folks coming back months later, even a year later, sharing that that coin saved their life. That message, that first step of being courageous and showing some compassion and care for your fellow worker saved their life. And then in some cases, I've had individuals that not only did it save their life, it saved their children, whether the child had not been conceived yet or their granddaughter or child was struggling at home unbeknownst to them and made a decision to attempt to end their life and was standing there and looked down and here's this coin that says 988. And for a 13 year old child to call that number that's in crisis and in distress and for her life to be saved, that's a big win, not just for our industry, but for humanity as a whole. And I see the construction industry family. It's not just the folks that come to work every day. It's our extended family that's left at home because we're all in this together. We have to be in order to combat that. I've heard of stories of folks seeing hard hat stickers and, and similar success that it just triggered some thing in them to, hey, I need to call this number 988, or I need to reach out and ask about my EAP within my company, or go home and talk to a loved one. It may not be them personally that sees the message on these marketing items, or they hear a toolbox talk that they're the ones needing help. Maybe it's someone that they know, family, friend, coworker, and then they decide to reach out and say, hey, I'm here for you. You're not alone. And, and there is there is hope and there are resources. 
And it's really helpful and I think motivating to hear you share the success stories and to just acknowledge the difference that some small gestures and taking advantage of some of these tools, how it can really, it can help save lives. I imagine though you both committing yourself to this and being such leaders in this area, you're not content saying that that you've done enough and the statistics that you shared are alarming. Mandy, can you tell us about some pain points that you still deal with surrounding the topic of mental health and kind of where you're where you're focusing your efforts. Yeah, any uh, any journey worth doing is not without its pain points, and so um, I really appreciate this question because it allows us to shine a light on some of the things that we need to do better. One of them is people refusing to acknowledge this as an issue, or furthermore, Brandon and myself have traveled all over the country the last couple of years sharing messaging on mental health and suicide prevention and substance misuse, and both of us get challenged. We get challenged on LinkedIn. We get challenged in these talks of people saying, this isn't the role for safety professionals, or this isn't the role for construction professionals to be talking about this. And I argue that, frankly, we're losing workers to on-the-job suicide now. We're losing workers to on-the-job drug overdose now. So it's absolutely our responsibility. We don't get to call ourselves safety professionals if we're not willing to have the conversation. So really trying to help people see that there's value in these conversations and that there's a necessity in the conversations. I think another pain point that we have is there's a lot of work that's going on that's siloed. And so when we silo that work, it prevents us from being able to do the upstream intervention because everybody's rewriting and reinventing their own version of the same basic core concept. And so if we can get more people to really get on board and do things together and collaboratively, really save that human resource to be able to do bigger, better things. But we're also showing an industry-wide commitment to this issue from all aspects, all angles. And we come up with more robust solutions because we're all working together. It's great to sign a pledge. It's great to put a hard hat sticker on your hard hat. But what we really truly need and where we're trying to shift the conversation with this task force and the work that we're trying to do is really shift it to upstream intervention, catching people and providing resource and support to them before they're in a period of crisis, before they need to call 988 so that they're doing a better job of protecting themselves, their own mental health, and really in a mode of prevention. That's what we do in safety and health is we prevent things from happening. So we're really trying to get to that point. The success stories are great, but our pain point is most certainly being stuck in this realm of acknowledging the issue and collaborative effort. Brandon, what are some of your goals for moving forward? You know, speaking for Mandy and I both, we have big goals, (laughs) as we've been told. Some of it circles back around to addressing the pain points of the siloed efforts. This is what's really beautiful about the task force team is we come together with our logos off, our labels, our titles off, our organizations, our so-called professional identities we set aside to collaborate. And one of our biggest goals is really trying to stop the recreation of the wheel. Getting folks involved that otherwise maybe thought that it wasn't their place to be involved, working with legislation and advocacy aspect and direction. We need specific trainings for our industry that our employees, our workforce can connect with and identify themselves to that are impactful and meaningful and and actually address the issue and not just a generic training about mental health and suicide and and substance use. We will always have to continue to work to squash the stigma, as I've stated before. That is not going away. Our workforce is made up 
of multi-generations right now, and each one is different with different needs, different ways of communicating, which goes back to the training of we can't just hold a classroom version training. We will need micro-learning. We will need short video trainings, interactive trainings as well, not just someone speaking from the front of the room telling everyone this is what thou shall do. It's just not an effective training platform. Some other things that I think are really important to our task force is shifting the conversation to be more positive and more based on actionable things that our workforce can do to take better care of themselves, things that employers can do to take better care of our employees. And again, get more into a mode of prevention. And also when the conversation is lighter and more positive, we're sharing hope, we're sharing things that you can do to take better care of yourself, people are more apt to engage because we don't really want to keep sharing the ugly statistics. We think that the industry is finally starting to see what the ugly statistics are. So let's stop hitting them over the head with the negative news and start saying, okay, we acknowledge we have a challenge. We acknowledge we have a problem, but here's what you can do. Because I have seen in my 20 plus years in this industry, the hearts of our construction workforce and the hearts of our construction leadership. We want to do right things. But in cases like this, people are concerned on how to do it. So giving folks an opportunity to do right things in a positive way. Anything else that you haven't already shared that you want to uh, offer in parting words? To add to what Mandy was just saying about the stats and and catching everyone, imagine if we could connect or capture the statistical data of the wins, right? The positive, where we've been able to impact someone before it got to crisis mode, if you will. We can share the success stories. We, we don't have a mechanism for that right now. We know it's happening. And holistically, too, this is not just about waiting to take action when somebody is in full-blown crisis mode, right? Or they're fully addicted to opioids or whatever the case may be. Those numbers are just unbelievable. But if we could catch people on those bad days, right? When this is just in the early stages, that's where we want to be as an industry. Everyone has the right to a bad day, but those bad days, if they compound and they continue to roll over and snowball, it, it, gets, it gets worse and worse. If we can start having conversations, normalize the conversation, having access to resources early on, we will drastically impact that 5,800 number quickly in many cases. And there's no reason why we can't do that other than just normalizing the conversation early on. And then the postvention aspect, I'm sure Mandy and I, we could speak about postvention afterwards. We're not doing enough after a crisis or after an event. It's just back to work, right? Everyone goes back to work and it's like business as usual and we're looking to hire a new person and we've just lost one of our friends and colleagues and we need to do better in that arena as well and in those situations also to care for one another and give ample time. We all grieve differently. I know individuals a year later, a year and a half later have come forward that are still struggling with a traumatic event that they witnessed or were part of, sadly. And we can do better there. Still lots of work to be done. A lot of positive things are happening as well. Mandy, is there anything else that you'd like to touch on? Yeah, I would just say that it's really important to us, the work that we're doing on this task force, to keep it as open source as humanly possible. And we're just really enthused to see the bold leadership of AGC of America in this regard, not only in allowing us to form this task force and host information on the website, but financially investing in a PSA video series and really putting the full weight of AGC behind this movement. I think that the next step for us in this progression is to use that full weight of AGC's advocacy muscle 
to work with politicians and to work with leadership at federal OSHA and other government partners to make sure that the resources that exist are accessible, the resources that are needed can be developed, and also that we start weaving this into the fabric of how we perform business in the industry, whether that is making sure that folks that want to do mental health and suicide prevention training as a part of their OSHA 10 or 30, that that now becomes a part of that accepted curriculum. Also working with different partners within AGC's membership to make sure that that training remains free and open source and accessible to as many folks as possible. And again, there's so much interest in this subject matter that we're confident, beyond confident, maybe even a little cocky about the fact that we're gonna get there and we're gonna get all of these things to happen and start really effectively saving lives. I really appreciate both of you, your leadership, your honesty, your willingness to come on ConstructorCast with us today and to talk about a subject that I know is difficult to talk about. And thank you for for bringing people together. And you've shared a lot today about how you're doing that and how you're pulling together resources so that they're easily accessible to everyone, not recreating the wheel. And most importantly, providing a place for people to share and have conversations that are supporting our industry and saving lives. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's a privilege. To everyone out there, we appreciate you listening. This has been the AGC Constructor Cast. Please subscribe to Constructor Cast from your podcast app or stream available episodes right from your computer at www.agc.org/constructorcast.